the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Retired General Jack Keane says the U.S. is in a Cold War with China. We're in a very adversarial relationship with China. I mean, by definition, uh, we're in a Cold War. Former Twitter executives testified before the House Oversight Committee. It's all for a political agenda. Isn't it a coincidence that it just always goes against Republicans? Disney announces massive job cuts in a restructuring of the company. Probably some executives are going to roll here, not the people that are, that are dressing up as characters. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, February 9th. I'm Mike Scott. According to verified reports, China has a fleet of balloons that are similar to the one that was shot down off the coast of South Carolina on Saturday. In fact, reports suggest that those spy balloons have violated sovereign territory of a multitude of countries spanning five continents. Pentagon Press Secretary Brigadier General Pat Ryder says that China has a lot of explaining to do considering their spy program now spans the globe. Retired General Jack Keane joined Fox News and says there is a lot the Biden administration needs to explain when it comes to how they handled the spy balloon. A surveillance device collecting information over nuclear bases by definition is a hostile act. Certainly the Russians thought that when Gary Powers flew his U-2 airplane over Russia and, and they shot it down. I mean, re- reality is here, yes, we have lost some face in this and a little co- a less confidence in what has taken place in terms of our detection of these uh, devices and our ability to do something to it er- early on. So I believe the administration has got a lot of questions to answer. I'm sure the the Congress is going to ask them. But, you know, Maria, they owe a a much fuller explanation to the American people after everybody in America watched this for almost a week. King goes on to say that brushing off the balloon as if spying isn't a big deal is a bad idea because surveillance is a hostile act. What they're telling us is that they... When they were tracking it during those seven days, they knew it was a surveillance device and was not carrying a military weapon. You know, a nuclear analyst for years have warned us against the possibility of an adversary flying a balloon over the United States with a nuclear device on it and setting it off in the atmosphere to create an electric magnetic pulse and shut down our entire electric grid. This is something that has always concerned the intelligence community. The good news here is... They're telling us that during those seven days, they, they were able to know that it did not have a military device on it. But certainly, surveillance capability in of itself over nuclear bases is a hostile act and should be treated as such, and I don't think it should be tolerated. 
The retired general explains why he believes the U.S. is in a Cold War with China. We're in a very adversarial relationship with China. I mean, by definition, uh, we're in a Cold War, but we're not stating it because the United States and China both don't want to make that claim because they know that allies and partners are going to have to make choices about who to side with. But the definition is, really, this is a Cold War that we're in, and we have to develop comprehensive strategies to counter China. And I think the the president should be a lot clearer with the American people in terms of what this relationship really is. Keene says that the balloon incident has left many Americans feeling unsafe. This is an adversarial country who wants to replace the United States as a global leader and dominate the world economically, militarily, technologically, and geopolitically. And believe me, that is serious. And yes, comprehensive strategy needed and more explanation to the American people. We can't just slide this off as something that was not consequential. It is very consequential. And in the minds of the American people, I think the psychological impact is significant. People felt vulnerable for a week. We got spy balloons over the United States from China. The U.S. Navy and Coast Guard are currently working to recover debris from the downed Chinese craft. Nearby states have also approved the DOJ's deployment of divers and explosive technicians to disassemble and recover the thousands of pounds of equipment now at the bottom of the sea. The tragedy stemming from the two major earthquakes that shook Turkey and Syria has grown. Reports now show that over 11,500 people are confirmed dead, while entire neighborhoods are destroyed. Experts say the survival window for those trapped underneath rubble or otherwise unable to obtain basic necessities is closing rapidly. At the same time, They said it was too soon to abandon hope. Reporter Shamim Chowdhury is on the ground in Adana, Turkey, and explains the devastation that she is seeing. The scenes behind me speak for themselves. They are indicative of the rescue operations that have been going on for two days now across a vast region of Turkey, 100,000 square kilometers to be exact. That is twice the size of the Netherlands and bigger than Portugal. That gives you a sense of just how much devastation uh, has been uh, created by two earthquakes. Bear in mind, there wasn't just one, but two. Chowdhury says that the regional hospitals are stretched way beyond their limits. We are being told that the uh, hospitals in and around the area are overwhelmed. Tens of thousands of people have been uh, injured. That has to be said that Turkey does actually have a very advanced uh, health system, very, very good hospitals and very well resourced. But despite that, they are trying, uh, they are struggling to cope with the numbers of people that they are having to deal with as a result of these uh, these um, uh, these two earthquakes. Chaudhry goes on to say the devastation is compounded by all of the aftershocks the region is experiencing. I have to add to that, there have been at least 100 um, aftershocks uh, since the two earthquakes occurred. And this is coming from the Turkish emergency, uh, uh, official emergency management uh, company called AFAD. 
Just today, there have been dozens of dozens. One of them right here in this city, uh, where a building uh, collapsed just a few hours ago. So really, this is not something that is over. It is very much ongoing. Uh, and one of the um, aftershocks, again today in a city called Marash, was 5.2 on the Richter scale. So by no means, you know, no means uh, a, small, a small, small shock. You know, it is, it is quite substantial. There is some good news, however, as rescue workers are pouring in from all over the globe to assist Turkey in their time of crisis. Also added to this, rescue workers have been coming in, not just from other parts of Turkey, but also from across the world, from as far away as countries like Mexico, Bangladesh, the Netherlands. It's very much, uh, it, the country is in a state of emergency, and it seems as though it's going to stay that way for quite some time. In Syria... Aid efforts have been hampered by the ongoing civil war. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. On Wednesday, the House Oversight Committee held its first hearing investigating President Biden and his family. Former Twitter executives were called before the committee and faced questions about the media coverage of the Hunter Biden laptop scandal and how tech companies worked to suppress it. Tom Dempsey of News Nation explains the details of what the Oversight Committee is looking into. The House Oversight Committee chairman has accused Twitter of working with the federal government to limit reporting of the Biden family business dealings. And the chairman is promising accountability. Well, that issue is going to be front and center today on Capitol Hill with this hearing uh, involving former Twitter employees. And it's also going to involve the Twitter files, which News Nation has reported on for the past several months. For people who may not be familiar with those, Twitter CEO Elon Musk worked with a few journalists to release information about the company dating back to before he took over. One thread all focused on how the FBI allegedly pressured Twitter to suppress a story on Hunter Biden in the lead-up to the 2020 presidential election, citing how it could be part of a Russian hacking or leak operation, despite Twitter staff saying no evidence supported that claim. The House Oversight and Accountability Committee hearing is expected to pave the way into an investigation into if Hunter Biden tried to peddle his father's influence through business deals in Ukraine and China. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about the laptop, and we're going to talk about that laptop. They've done extensive reporting on on the hard drive. So we're going to start with with the hard drive because there's a lot of evidence on the hard drive that would suggest that Joe Biden knew very well what his family was involved in. 
However, not everyone on the committee was interested in being there. Democrat Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez lambasted the hearing, calling it, quote, embarrassing, end quote. A whole hearing about a 24-hour hiccup in a right-wing political operation. That is why we are here right now. And it is, it, it's just a, an abuse of public resources, an abuse of public time. We're talking about Hunter Biden's half-fake laptop story. I mean, this is an embarrassment. However, Kayleigh McEnany, a former White House press secretary under Donald Trump, says that it's about time the American people started getting answers when it comes to the Hunter Biden laptop scandal. The story publishes, and there was a coordinated campaign to suppress the New York Post, one of the five largest newspapers in the United States, and those who shared the story, including me. I was White House press secretary at the time. I shared it on my personal account. They blocked my personal account and would not unblock it until I took down the story. But what makes this galling is to think, and I'm so glad James Comer is asking these questions, the FBI... While we are in office, the Trump administration is having weekly meetings with social media companies. Not only that, they reportedly warned of a hack and leak operation against Hunter Biden. So imagine that someone who is in the executive branch working myself and the FBI, same federal government, going behind the scenes, potentially coordinating with social media companies to suppress the voice of the American people as embodied in the executive branch. It is appalling and good on the GOP for it's only January asking the questions. Former Congressman Jason Chaffetz echoes McEnany's concerns about what he sees as the FBI coordinating with social media companies to suppress the speech of conservatives. You had people with police powers, people that regulate these people. You have the former general counsel of the Federal Bureau of Investigation who's now working for Twitter. And suddenly these people come in. They get so brazen and so aggressive, not that they're breaking the law, that they're breaking terms of service of Twitter, but it's all for a political agenda. Isn't it a coincidence that it just always goes against Republicans, always against conservatives? And for the federal government to use its resources of the Federal Bureau of Investigation to push this narrative and to push Republicans out of the discussion and suppress a story that they know is true. They had this laptop for a long time. They knew it was true, and yet they pushed Twitter to take it down. Joe Biden has denied discussing business or benefiting from his son's dealings. Hunter Biden's lawyers have asked the Justice Department and Delaware's attorney general to investigate the distribution of information from the laptop for possible criminal prosecution. The Labor Department's internal watchdog says nearly $200 billion worth of COVID unemployment funds appears to have been improperly spent. Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew is adding up the numbers on this developing story. The department's inspector general, Larry Turner, said in testimony to the House Ways and Means Committee, at least $191 billion in pandemic unemployment payments could have been improper, quote, with a significant portion attributable to fraud. That's $30 billion more than Turner estimated when he testified last year before the Senate Homeland Security Committee. Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith says the varying estimates prove both the president and Congress are in the dark about the size and scope of what he calls the greatest theft of tax dollars in American history. Bob Agner reporting. Reactions from President Joe Biden's State of the Union address poured in from around the country yesterday, and it appears that 
Many Americans are still skeptical about Biden's ability to put the country back on the right track. According to polling, 58% of Americans believe the State of the Union is not strong. And 62% say Biden has done nothing or precious little to beat back inflation, avoiding recession, containing China, or removing the welcome mat from a porous southern border. Former Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway says that despite Joe Biden's talk about unifying a divided country, most Americans don't have faith that he can accomplish that. You can talk unity all you want. In fact, the Democrats are for unanimity. Zero of them voted against the Inflation Reduction Act. Zero of them voted for Amy Coney Barrett. Zero of them voted for the Trump-Pence Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And all of them pretty much supported Joe Biden last night, even at moments like that when he is boldly lying to the American people. Joe Biden's poll numbers on the ability to unify the country are down 16 points from the day he was inaugurated and promised to unify the country. He's not seen as a compelling, persuasive or or unifying, cohesive leader. Conway goes on to highlight how Biden's actions have contributed to the divisiveness in the country. When you're the president of the United States and you have the State of the Union, you literally have the command of the room, command of the cameras. You have the country and the world to yourself. Nobody can interrupt. Nobody can editorialize for those 90 minutes. You blow it when you engage and enrage the audience thusly, as you just showed. And, of course, he's been fact-checked six ways to Sunday on both Social Security and Medicare. That's a big lie. His other lies were, you know, it's laughable for him to say we need oil and gas for the next 10 years. He's the guy who, on day one, killed the Keystone pipelines out of spite. Basically, Trump did it. I'll undo it. Those innocent people, that their biggest sin was having a job or a promise job on the Keystone pipelines. The former Trump advisor says that while she believes Joe Biden has the best chance to be the Democrat nominee for 2024, his record leaves a lot to be desired. I believe he's got the best chance of being the nominee in 2024, but when he says finish the job, it's basically the Trump message going into 2024 also, which is, I I didn't get to finish the job I set out to do. Put me there and I'll come back. Also, many Americans are waiting for Joe Biden and particularly Kamala Harris not to finish the job, but to start the job on so many key issues. The public says inflation is out of control. Crime is rising at an all-time high. They're upset that Putin's in Ukraine. They're upset that millions and millions of people are coming over our southern border with with impunity. They're upset that fentanyl is the number one killer of 18 to 44-year-olds. They're upset that they are sitting down and trying to make ends meet with the family budget, and Washington spends money like there's no tomorrow. So Joe Biden has a lot to answer for when he doesn't have the stage to himself for 90 minutes. Despite Biden hailing his economy this week, a record 41 percent said they're not as well off financially since Joe Biden became president. Disney says their company needs restructuring to save billions of dollars and announced that in order to do so, they need to cut $1.5 billion in operating costs, and that includes job cuts. Yahoo Finance analyst Dave Briggs breaks down the details of the belt-tightening at the House of Mouse. 
Disney investor call. Cost cutting is the theme, and you can see investors reacting to it with shares up more than 8%. Disney is looking to find $5.5 billion in cost savings and will be cutting 7,000 jobs to help do so. CEO Bob Iger also announcing the company is going to restructure into three units. And here's the key. Disney Entertainment, ESPN, and Disney Parks experiences and products. Briggs speculates that most of the jobs that Disney is looking to cut will be executive and managerial positions. 7,000 cuts, that's about 3% roughly of their 220,000 employee worldwide headcount. So not a significant number to the likes of some of those we've seen in the tech sector in terms of a percentage. So theoretically, without hearing from Bob yet, Presumably these are high priced. Probably some executives are going to roll here, not the people that are that are dressing up as characters, because they're going to have to spend a lot on this labor agreement. Ninety six percent of the employees turned down their recent proposal, so they're going to have to really spend up on those employees. I don't think ESPN's going anywhere. I really do not. Hulu is the big question. Will they buy out the remainder of it? I'm going to go yes. Pras Subramanian of Yahoo Finance adds that Disney won't be getting rid of their ownership of ESPN anytime soon. So you hear about those cuts, $3 billion coming in from content alone, but they're not touching sports, right? They're not touching sports, so leaving that alone. Street loving 7,000 job layoffs. It's hard, to, it's hard to say that, but it's true. They do. It's, it is going to be a big cost driver for the company. And, and then also talking about ESPN. Now it's own separate unit, right? So what does that mean for the company? Does it make it easier to maybe spin off? Is it easier to account for? Is it easier to kind of separate a, a sort of still growing or still sort of very valuable property for them? So I think this, this sort of Iger putting a stamp on things right now, and this is what he's doing. The company is the latest in a string of major firms to announce layoffs in in the thousands in recent months, following Wall Street titans including Goldman Sachs and tech giants like Amazon and Google parent Alphabet. The NBA has a new all-time scoring leader. Daybreak insider George Williams has more on the passing of the torch from Kareem to LeBron. LeBron James has passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to become the NBA's all-time career scoring leader. James scored 38 points, two more than he needed to eclipse the mark, set by Abdul-Jabbar in April 1984, nine months before James was born. Jabbar, who surpassed Will Chamberlain, watched the game from a courtside seat near the Lakers' bench. James' immediate family enjoyed the moment with the home court fans. He set the new mark at 38,388 and counting. Despite the heroics, the home court Lakers fell to the Thunder, 133-130. to George Williams reporting. And finally, 17-year-old Joel Salmon helped save the life of an 83-year-old man and his dog after the man's Jeep fell through the ice in a lake in Iowa. Now it's what a dramatic rescue in Iowa after a Jeep fell through an icy lake. Check this out. Five bystanders, including a 17-year-old, jumped into action to pull the 83-year-old driver and the dog out of the vehicle. The driver was taken to the hospital. Both he and the dog are said to be doing well. Reports say that the Okoboji High School student was ice fishing on that lake when he saw the elderly man's Jeep plunge into the ice. Salmon called 911 as he rushed to help the man and says that he quickly realized there was a dog in the back seat. 
Salmon told a reporter for a local newspaper, quote, I took one step into the water, went into my chest. I got on the bumper of the rear and tried opening the back door, but all the windows were locked. One guy gave me a knife and I hit the back glass a couple of times. The glass shattered and he removed the dog and then helped the older gentleman get out of the vehicle. Both the dog and the owner are doing just fine. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.